you're listening to the teaching podcast of Crossridge Women's Studies. What you're about to hear is the audio from the intro night of our fall 2021 study of the Psalms. We talk about some of our hesitation and difficulty when it comes to studying poetry, and a few reasons why the Psalms and poetry in general are essential to the forming of our faith. Thanks for studying along. Okay, I think we have all aspects of um, everything we need, to, and we're going to get started. Uh, so we just, oh yes, please, if you need to, anytime you want, feel free to get up and move around. Uh, there's washrooms in the building, or you can move your chair uh, wherever you need to so you can see. There are snacks in the middle of the table. We are going to do break this up today. Uh, so we do a little bit together in our group. Then we're going to have a little bit of teaching all together, working through things together. And then we're going to come back together to teaching. And then we'll finish the night just praying for each other at our, our tables. So once again, welcome uh, to our psalm study. One of the things that I asked you to do, and you maybe didn't have a chance to do it, and that's fine. And if you don't, just take the a post-it note and stick it in the back of your uh, study guide and maybe do it at home tonight or later on this week. But we asked, why are you here? Um, for some of you, you might say, I'm here because I need community. Some of you maybe want to study the Bible. Uh, some of you maybe think, I already studied Psalms this summer, and so I'm not really sure why I'm here, but this is what I do. I come to this women's study because I'm part of this church. And I really believe that we are going to get something totally different and more and deeper than what we did this summer. But we actually, if we did do a de the devotional out of the Psalms together, then you have sort of a different jumping off point, maybe, or just um, something to go deeper with. Um, but maybe we should start with why are we here? Why do we do this? And we always have this long time of sort of explaining our vision and our philosophy about studying the Bible when we first start. And I'm not going to take a lot of time. I'm just going to tell you, we find it very valuable to study the Bible. And we want to study the Bible in context, in its literary and its historical context. So that is what we do. And we also like to study um, whole books of the Bible rather than looking at topical things. When you come to a Crossridge Women Bible study, you're going to uh, handle uh, a whole book of the Bible. And um, so that is what we're going to be doing from now for the next uh, six six sessions and over the next 12 weeks on the calendar. Uh, but I just want to encourage you, if you, uh, wherever you're at with this, that just be open to what the Spirit has for you. Because if you've come for community, one thing we always say is, um, you know, we don't we don't focus on that. We, we don't come to women's Bible study and say, OK, we're going to spend an hour and a half sitting around the table just sharing prayer requests and praying for each other. That will be a component of our time. But we actually want to study the Bible together because we believe that it is one of the primary ways that God forms our faith. And if we're Christians and we say that we believe God and we follow God, but and we haven't opened our Bible, then we're, we're actually just missing out because there's a beautiful uh, thing that God has given us uh, to help us, to help form us in, in faith by his spirit. So I just want you to be sort of open. And also, if you say, ah, I know the Psalms um, and maybe I, I don't really think that's the best choice of what we should study this fall. And maybe you feel like you've spent a lot of time there. Maybe uh, you're, you're saying, you might say like, I'm going to really try to memorize. 
maybe for you, it's like, well, actually what I need to do with this study is I need to spend 15 minutes every day because I'm doing it sort of like once a week for an hour and a half. And maybe I need to sort of incorporate it a bit more into my daily routine. So whatever that, whatever it is, whatever you have come for or, or what you think for now, just think what might it look like just to go beyond that, just push the boundary a little bit more um, this season. I'm going to just uh, give you a little uh, reason why we decided to do Psalms. Because when I first said to my husband, like, I think maybe we should study the Psalms. I didn't really know why, but he had such a strong reaction. He was like, no, you cannot do, you can't study the Psalms. And so what he was saying to me is we do something here. We like to study the Bible inductively, which means we spend a lot of time helping you understand and digging into ourselves like what was going on at the time, who wrote it, and who are the people that needed to hear this message. And we we tried to let, have the Bible speak to us out of its context, right, historically, and then also the literary context. We look at it and say, what does it actually say? What words are being repeated? What are the key words? What are the big ideas? What are the contrasts? Because we learn from that like you do with any book if you're um, an English major like me. You know that. And so he said to me, you cannot study the Psalms with the inductive method. He said, it's Hebrew poetry. And for some reason, and he said, I can't even explain it. And I don't know how to do it. But um, the inductive method somehow sells the Psalms short. And uh, because you, you almost have to do a BRI, which we call it like this background, background information, we have to get that for every Psalm, because everyone was written by a different person, to a different person at a different time. So he said, you'll spend your whole time just like talking about the BRI to each Psalm to actually understand what it's saying. Um, But somehow I thought, nah, I feel like that's the right thing. But honestly, Rebecca and I drug our heels for a really long time, uh, not not quite ready to, you know, pull the trigger on the Psalms. Uh, And then uh, Rebecca's husband, see, thank you, Lord, for husbands, because Rebecca's husband, Josh, gave me a book. And uh, it ruined my life in the best possible way. And I'll put the name of it up later. It's called Enjoying the Scriptures. Actually, it's in your study Bible. I, I put it, or in your study guide, I wrote it into, it's either in the welcome or the intro, but it's, it's by Matthew Mullins. It's in the intro, and it's called Enjoying the Bible, Literary Approaches to Loving the Scriptures. And he basically gives a framework, which I have borrowed from him, and we are going to use for how we can study biblical poetry using literary context. So we are good students of the Bible. It is a book. It is literature, right? But also um, historical context, but also um, seeing the Psalms for what the psalmist intended and what the Holy Spirit intended for us, um, because it's different. Um, So we got to talk a little bit about poetry. So at your tables, who are the people that said, I love poetry? Put up your hand. Wow. Oh, there was a few. Oh, somehow I had Amy pegged. I'm like, Amy's going to say, I actually read poetry every day. I find it really good for my soul. I don't know. I failed. So there's a few people that, okay, so people who raised your hand that love poetry. Do you like read poetry? I do. And I read. Good for you, Dion. And back there, you guys like poetry. Yeah. Yes. Well, and this music, you like music and songs and worship. So that makes sense. And Rachel, you said you like poetry too. Do you read it? 
Good. You know, at the end of this, I would hope to build some sort of understanding in you that you might seek it out. You might say, I don't know, a poem a week. I'm going to get myself. I have lots of them. I was an English major. I've got a shelf full of Norton anthology of English poetry and all sorts of poetry. I can loan you a poetry book if you need one. Um, but let's talk a bit about our tension with poetry. Why is it that in this room, there's four of us that say, yeah, and other people are like, eh, poetry. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of reasons and I can't speak to them all, but but I think two of the big ones, and one of the big ones is that we are modern readers. We are trained to read for information. We are taught from a very young age, like I'm, I was a teacher, I've taught a lot of kindergarten and grade one people how to read. And you are looking in the text for, and then you're asking them questions like, what was the little boy doing? Oh, why do you think he did that? Oh, what color was the ball? You know, because you're checking comprehension, you're reading for information. And our whole society now, we read for information. What are the most popular things that people read? Like DIY or like uh, blog posts are always, have you noticed this? Five ways to make a better fall soup, right? These are the five things you need. Or people are reading like information books or learning how to do something. Lots of what we read is, is information. Um, and we want to find the point. What's the point? We have a point when we read. We're seeking out a point. A few of us read actually for escape. There's a lot of people in here I know that read uh, fiction. But actually, it has to... The, the way out has to be plain and not escape. If you get a book as an escape and you're like, I don't even know what's going on, forget it, right? You're not going to stick with it because you want the way out. The way of escape needs to be easy because I'm trying to escape. So like, get me out of whatever the situation is, like using this book. Um, but poetry was not designed ever to convey information. Poetry is actually meant to evoke emotion. It is not as much of a textbook as it is art. In fact, poetry is more like a painting than it is like a recipe book or a textbook or some sort of instruction manual. And yet we pick up the Bible and one third of it is poetry. And we want to read the Psalms in the exact same way that we read 1 Corinthians or in the exact same way that we read Exodus. And yet it's all different. So one method can't really do justice to all those three different, like all these different genres. So we are going to um, sort of try out a, a different method that uses a lot of the tools we've all, already practiced. So if you're new to this, you're not going to feel like everybody else knows what they're doing because we're all kind of um, embarking on this together. And yet, if you've studied your Bible before with us, you will already have a few tools um, for observing and that we will still use in poetry. Uh, so let's, one more thing to say about this uh, poetry as art and the way it evokes emotion. We have to understand that um, when, when poetry does this, it evokes emotion, it tugs at our heart. It actually does a job of shaping the whole person. You know what I mean? So it's not just giving us information to make our brains bigger. It actually seeks to form our heart. And heart formation, if you believe what the Bible and the gospel says about Jesus, is what it's all about. It's not just about knowing God, right? And we say that lots when we come together. It's not about having a marked up Bible. It's about having a 
marked up hearts, right? We've been saying that for like 12 years or something, right? Nine years. Um, yeah, so we want to have a marked up heart. And actually, poetry is an amazing tool to do that. It intends to do that in us more so than other genres. So why do we need to study it? Well, for that reason. And also because a third of the, like I just said, a third of the Bible is that. Oh, that's a lot of our Bible is poetry. So we need to have an understanding of how do I approach biblical poetry and not just biblical poetry that is written like the modern poets that we might read, but ancient Hebrew poetry, which is also a totally different animal than a lot of the um, modern poetry that we might study. Um, so Psalm 1 says that... Um, a life of flourishing is found in delighting in the law of the Lord. So like we just said, uh, the Psalms are saying it's not just about understanding the law of the Lord. It's about delighting in the law of the Lord. It's about having some emotional response to the law of the Lord, which we'll talk about later. Uh, it does not mean the Ten Commandments. Okay, uh, the word there is actually the Torah, which stands for teaching or instruction The uh, ancient Israelites and all of God's people would have seen that word Torah and thought of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, because that's what they called the Torah. But uh, really, they had a, um, a bigger understanding that that was God's heart, God's instruction. And Psalms tells us that um, a life of flourishing comes from delighting in God's instruction, loving his heart and his instruction for us. Um, and so poetry, poetry does that. You know, it's, it's amazing that we can pick up a book, this, this paper, a bunch of papers put together, that we can put our eyes on a poem or poetry, and we can read it, and it can actually do something inside of us. Like, we can laugh. You can read something and you can like be moved to tears. You can feel comforted. This is an amazing thing, actually, that we can engage with words on a page in that way that it can actually form emotion in us. Um, which just brings me to the second reason that we have a little bit of tension. I think some people are a little bit worried about the, the emotion of the songs. And either we are people who just give full vent to our emotions, like we're just like, here I am, these are my emotions, deal with it. And we sort of trust our emotions and our feeling more than thinking. That's that's common. You guys know people like that. You you probably like, I do struggle with that. I struggle with that. I'm that person. Um, or you can maybe see people like me. And so this is my husband. And you can be more like a brain on a stick. You're like, those are not trustworthy. No. <laughs> right? No to emotions. We just think our way through everything and all will be well. And um, so both of, both of those people, we need actually emotional intelligence. We need to think well about our emotions because God not only made us with emotions, if you did the um, devotional with us this summer, we saw that God has lots of emotions, right? They came from him. We are his image bearers. And he has emotion all through the Bible. It speaks of that. Um, and I think the Psalms are sort of, trying to help us learn how do we have a biblical view of emotional intelligence? Because emotional intelligence, if you have kids in the school system right now, it's a big buzzword. Everybody's talking about it, right? Emotional regulation, emotional intelligence is really important. It is important. But uh, it's, it's just important that we think of it through this lens of, well, what, does, what is godly 
emotional intelligence and not just what the world thinks is good emotional intelligence, because those could be two different things. Um, and one last reason I think we should study it uh, in spite of all these tensions is that poetry raises as many questions as it does answers. Okay. Probably more, actually. When you read a poem, you should have way more questions than you do answers. And we just came out of the book of Mark and we learned something um, quite profound. And that is that faith is formed uh, through the struggling and wrestling of questions, right? The, the disciples that came back to Jesus and said, tell us what this means. Well, then he explained things to them and they began to wrestle with it. Uh, the people that just said, that's crazy and walked away, their faith was never formed. So sometimes we're a little bit afraid of asking questions, especially in the Psalms. Like it's going to say some things and you're going to say, wait, did it really just say that about God? And we need to, we need to say, this is the question the poem asks because there is faith. To, that will be formed on the other um, end of that that question. And we can't answer them all. We won't. But just the, the willingness to struggle is a faith-forming thing. Yeah. So how about you? How do you feel about poetry? Do you find it generally hard to understand? Are you put off by the emotions of it? Or do you find it hard to approach a piece of literature as a piece of art rather than an instruction manual? And why is it you're here? What brings you to the study and what are your reasons for doing it at all? Take a moment to reflect on your why and invite the Lord to do something fresh and new in your heart, mind, and soul through the Psalms. Wherever you're at, you belong with us. And we hope you're ready for a new season of being shaped by the Word together. <laughs>